0: Hey, guys, this is Nick Benson, you know, originally from Chicago, Illinois, Um, you know, really just wanted to make this podcast to really, um, you know, connect with an audience that might be going through, you know, some type of struggle, you know, some family health situation or just some health situation in general, Um, you know, coming from, you know, a single parent household, you know, my parents split Um, when I was about seven years old, you know, just never really. Could figure out how to get along, and um, you know my mom being, you know my my biggest role model. She, you know, she raised me as a single mom. I have an older sister, uh, Tiffany, who's actually uh, nine years older than me. So uh, I'll never tell a lady's age, but I am twenty seven. So I'll let you guys do the math. Um, but you know I was raised by two women, and you know kind of from a man's perspective. Um, I'm extremely grateful for that, uh, nothing against my dad, it was just, you know, the way my parents decided to work and, uh, my dad came on to my life, you know, a little bit later on once I got into college and, um, you know, actually right before college and, um, you know, I'll save that for like another podcast, but, you know, really my mom did everything, you know, she, she was the breadwinner, she was the, uh, you know, my best friend um she was my mom she was my dad she was my biggest cheerleader she was my biggest supporter she was my biggest advocate and uh which is extremely critical for you know a child's upbringing and you know you know especially with a a thing as such as divorce um you know there's a lot of a lot of books a lot of podcasts stories out there with how much it could really affect a kid and um you know my mom put me in a position to not be affected she did a really good job of I don't want to say protecting me or shielding me, but she did a really good job of distracting me. Um I was spoiled, but I was never arrogant about it. You know, my mom never showered me with, you know, Legos or video games or, you know, scooters and basketball hoops and trampolines to buy my love. She did it because she understood where I might have been coming from and her ability to really relate as much as possible and figure out every solution, um, you know, to, you know, kind of fill that void that I might have been feeling. And to be honest, that void was never there because my mom did such a good job. Um, I remember growing up, Um, you know, she she was very lenient uh, with me. She never really, I was punished. I was disciplined. I think any kid should be. Um, But, you know, she taught me to um, you know, have fun, obviously, and you know, be genuine and be kind, and you know, the biggest thing for her was to show respect. Um, be respectful. You know, obviously, being raised by two women, if I burped at dinner, man, like if I didn't say excuse me, I would have got my butt beat. Um, if I didn't hold the door open for him, I would have hurt it. You know, if I didn't make my bed, you know, so I learned just like the simple mannerisms, but it went so much more beyond that, and it really created a very vital role in my character um, you know because eventually um, I was actually pulled from a uh, a Baptist Christian school private school um, in about seventh grade my mom decided to put me in a public school and uh, that was a big turning point for me you know because going from like uniforms and they were really like cubicles I was in a kind of like at a desk I had dividers in between the desks I did my work and when I was done, I was able to do other things and kind of going from a system that was so structured to kind of a very less structured uh, public system. And, um, you know, there's a lot of unknowns and my mom was aware of that. And, you know, she she did her best to set me up in terms of, you know, having good clothes and, uh, you know, having a good cell phone and, um, you know, making sure I had whether I needed tutors or, um, put me in extracurricular activities, you know, I was a basketball player, I've been playing, you know, ever since I could remember, um, I don't play anymore, a little bit too old for that, and, um, you know, not, I wasn't always the best at it, but, you know, she always wanted, she never, you know, deterred me from doing something that I really wanted to do, and, you know, basketball was a big thing, and, you know, playing video games, and, you know, everything that a kid could always want, you know, I had it, and, um, like I said, I like to think I was spoiled, but in a very, like, humbling way. Um, we weren't driving, like, Ferraris and mansions and, you know, big screen TVs and, like, trips to Hawaii every year. But, you know, I had, like, my own room, and I had my own video game room, and we lived in a nice town home. And, you know, up in Fox Lake, Illinois, if you don't know where that's at, um, it's pretty much like cornfields. And, uh, you know, you people would rip around dirt bikes and bonfires, and, you know, summer times in Fox Lake were... They were magical. I thought I'd never say that, but, uh, you know, they were a lot of fun. You know, I had great friends and, you know, growing up through high school, um, you know, my mom, she uh, she made sure I was going to succeed. You know, for her, it was, you know, go to school. You know, you get good grades, you study your ass off and, you know, you do your best again to get into one of the top schools so that you have the best chances uh, to succeed in a career. And, you know, for me, I was just always good at school. I never had to study. I was one of those guys that people probably hate. And uh, you're probably hating me right now, but I don't know, it just, school always clicked for me. I never, you know, I'm not saying I didn't have to put in any effort, but let's just say that I had a more uh, natural knack for, you know, numbers and physics and science, and it just made sense. And, you know, my mom recognized that, so she put me in, you know, honors classes and AP classes because any good mom sees the potential of her child and puts them in a position to succeed to the highest level and, you know, not really understanding why my mom wanted me to do all these extra things. I used to actually be like, like, come on, mom, like, why do I have to do this? Like, I don't want to do this, you know, like any normal teenager would like, you know, complain and moan about. Um, But kind of looking back on it, um, I'm grateful. You know, she, she always wanted me to win. She never accepted failure. She never accepted quitting. She never allowed me to you know, complain or moan. And if I did, she told me to suck it up and do it anyways. And if I didn't, I was going to lose privileges. I was going to get grounded. She would always pull the card, you know, there's starving kids in Africa and, um, you know, not in a way to make fun of those world issues, but I was in a good position. And, you know, I didn't recognize that sometimes. And she sometimes had to take it to the extreme for me to really put my ass into shape and, you know, get this, you know, this punk teenager into a humbling state of mind where I would step up and actually appreciate and leverage those opportunities that she gave me and you know throughout high school um you know I started to kind of get away from sports because I realized um you know I wasn't that talented I didn't really keep up with it as some of the other kids um I actually got cut from the team my junior year which kind of pissed me off but um you know I wasn't gonna go play pros or college so it didn't really matter anyways um but, you know like around then you know I started to kind of you no know, experiment, you know. I, you know, started to, you know, uh, you know, drink a little bit, and, um, you know, you know, get into like smoking weed, and, um, you know, but I was still getting good grades, and I don't know if my mom ever knew about that stuff. Um, she probably did, but my mom's so smart that she knew that if she were to call me out on it, it could have really pushed me away as her son, and you know, she, her and I's relationship was something she always treasured, and it was something I always treasured, and. Um, you know, throughout high school, I kind of got, you know, I don't want to say with the wrong group because some of that group are some of my best friends today and they've changed and, you know, they've got kids, they're married, they've got beautiful homes, beautiful jobs. Some of them have their own businesses. And unfortunately, some of them are not around anymore. Uh, you know, rest in peace. And, um, but you know, the story goes on and I'm very thankful for that group of people. Um, I think during high school was a very, important time of my life, I was able to kind of figure out, you know, who I was, uh, what I stood for, what made sense, what I what really mattered, you know, some of my best memories come from high school. And, um, you know, I I think in high school, I realized that I was meant to be great. I, I wasn't meant to be in this little this little town and, you know, great people, great town, nothing against it. I give a lot of credit to Fox Lake. I just, you know, I always wanted more. I knew I could be more and I separated myself from the masses in high school. I was in the top 10% of my grade. Um, you know, you know I, I was, you know, honor roll, National Honor Society. And, you know, Fox Lake is one of those weird towns where you either get out or you don't. There is no in-between. And, um, you know, I wanted out. I didn't want to stay there forever. I didn't want to totally rip out my roots, but let's just say I wanted to kind of plant a new tree somewhere else. And, you know, that's when I started getting talks about college with my mom. And, you know, it was between Arizona State, you know, MIT, Ivy League out in Boston, or actually Cambridge, Massachusetts, or it was UIC, the University of Illinois at Chicago, which, you know, was my least favorite because I'm like, UIC, like, I don't want to go to the big city of Chicago. I'm a country boy, you know, MIT it's kind of like in a Cambridge is kind of like a smaller city, Arizona state, you know, it's in Tempe, big party school. I love the party. You know, I I wanted to be around hot girls. I wanted to be, you know, sports and, you know, beer bongs and keg stands and, you know, frat life. And, you know, I was getting the longboard. And so I want to go somewhere warm and I'm like Chicago, man, it's like expensive, like politics. And like, it's boring down there. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking about MIT. I just wanted to get into a really smart school. Um, but you know my mom kind of saw you know my my academia with math and science and you know got me to the point where we settled on a chemical engineering career and um that was the path i wanted to take and it just so happens that MIT, UIC and Arizona State are some of the top programs in the country for Air- or for Arizona State um for chemical engineering and i wanted to go to Arizona State really badly as you could probably tell um and my mom always knew she never admitted this but i feel like she always knew i would never go there and um because it was kind of looking back you know being away from home and being away from my family and you know she she never knew i was going to settle on it but i was i was like i'm going to arizona state i'm going to arizona state and uh, she actually took me out there she signed me up for orientation. Uh, She flew me out there. Uh, We went together. Um, I remember the first time we stayed in a hotel out there. We found a Scorpion outside of our hotel room. And uh, that was pretty wild. Um, But I thought it was cool because I'm a Scorpio. But nonetheless, uh, you know, she took me out there. She flew me out there. Uh, She took time off work. She paid for the flight. She paid for the hotel. I got a chance to experience Arizona State. Really beautiful campus. Uh, You know, I got a chance to, like, sit in some classes. I actually picked out my classes. I picked out my dorm. I met some great people. Um, you know, I was like, man, this is gonna be a life. I'm gonna have so much fun out here. And then about two weeks later I, I get a letter from Arizona State. And um, let's just say the tuition was just over forty grand. And my mom let me make the decision. She's like, Hey, you can go, uh, but that's on you. And, you know, I was I didn't get any scholarships from Arizona State. I didn't get any grants. Um, but that's when I was like, okay, let me look into UIC because forty grand a year is a lot of freaking money. Ended up going to UIC, and you know, I I didn't fall in love with UIC. I didn't hate it, but my thought process was, I do not want to go to the city of Chicago. I don't want to be close to home. I want to go somewhere else. Um, But you know, eventually went to UIC. I picked out my classes. You know, got into orientation. And I moved in, you know, I moved in August of 2011. And uh, my first two weeks, I was like, this sucks. I don't want to be here. I hate it here. Um, You know, I was in total rebellion. Um, But, you know, when you are, I don't want to say forced to adapt to a certain environment, you tend to like it. But my mom always told me that go into every situation with a closed mouth and an open heart and don't judge, but be accepting and that's what I did, you know, she, she's like, you know, just give it, give it a little bit of time, you know, meet some people, have some fun, and, you know, eventually I did, actually, some of my friends from Fox Lake were in the city, too, I ended up linking up with them, and I got to explore different parts of the city, like, you know, Wrigleyville, and River North, and uh, the Medical District, and I started to see, like, damn, like, Chicago's kind of popping, and I was like, man, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and, you know, I talked to my mom, like, mom, I actually kind of like it, and um, you know, she always encouraged me. She never told me, you know, shut up and deal with it. She's like, hey, close mouth, open heart. And, you know, I definitely appreciate her for that type of advice today because, you know, my, my five-year journey at UIC was just incredible, incredible. I had, I had met so many people. I had a lot of experiences. I partied a lot, man. I partied so much, um, you know, especially for like a, I like to call this like the, the nerdy school. You know, there was no fraternities, there was frats, there were sororities, but to have a frat house or a sorority house is actually illegal in the city of Chicago. Um if you care enough about that, you can Google it. But um, you know, a few good things kinda came from UIC. Uh the first thing was my wife Jessica. Uh we actually met uh, my sophomore year of college. Um that's a whole nother podcast on how we met, but you know, we, we started dating in college and eventually, you know, we got engaged and Married and whatnot, and you know, I uh, got a good degree from a good school, very reputable. You know, it's nationwide known. Um, ended up uh, graduating with a, with a subpart 2.7 GPA. You know, holla at your boy on that one. Uh, five year chemical engineering degree. I'm very proud of myself. Um, you know, stats don't mean anything to me. I think it's the you know, what you took away from it, and uh, you know, the the next steps towards your future. And you know, my mom always encouraged me, she never. Um, you know, downgraded my success. She was always proud of me. Uh, she always pushed me. She stretched me. She de- there were so many times I wanted to quit this, this chemical engineering. I I so wanted to quit, but she's like, just just quit tomorrow. You know, quit tomorrow. Kind of like that cliche advice, but so so real. And um, you know, ended ended up graduating. And you know, the third thing that really came from UIC was I, I met my current mentors. You know, the really some of the most impactful people in my life they completely changed my life they changed my mindset uh, my career Um, I got better grades because of them my finances have drastically changed Um, and that's a whole nother you know podcast within itself but you know finding a woman and then find an association of people that I could plug into had to earn the respect of my mom you know straight up you know uh you know during my career of dating and I like how I call it a career of dating but um if I couldn't get somebody to earn the respect and love of my mom. Um, I had to cut them, you know, I had to cut them out because, you know, anybody that doesn't mesh with my best friend, you know, my mother, my, my role model, you know, they're, they're not good enough for me and it's nothing against their character or who they are, but that's just the type of bond I had with my mom. And, um, you were in, you are in, if you're out, you're out. That was it. There was no in between. And, um, you know, obviously Jessica earned that pretty easily and, you know, my mentors did and, you know, I, I eventually, you know, started my career and uh, got into, you know, uh, my first job was pipeline uh, pressure systems, super boring stuff, but it was actually kind of cool if you're an engineer, uh, a lot of like puzzle pieces, a lot of analytics, um, eventually moved into a civil engineering role for the city of Chicago, got into consulting, working with underground infrastructure. If you don't know what that is either, you can Google it. It's essentially all the pipes and electrical conduits that run underneath your feet. Um, because not all that stuff is above ground. So I got into that. Um, you know, started building a business. I started building a network marketing business and, you know, got to the point where I was able to, you know, develop a a healthy passive income. And, you know, it's still something we develop today, but it gave me some more choices to, you know, take some trips and, um, kind of have a healthier lifestyle and, you know, take care of, you know, my family a little bit more and, um, actually, you know, it was my saving grace, um, because, you know, in what was it, May of last year, um, May of it was, I think it was like May twenty sixth, two thousand nineteen. Um, I was actually on a trip in in Vegas, um, for a leadership convention, you know, with our business, and I got a phone call about four hours after I left, um, from Chicago, saying, um, phone call was from my sister and um that phone call completely changed my life because it was the moment i realized my mom um was sick um she had fallen in the the bathroom um had ended up going into a seizure she uh she turned blue in the face and you know vomiting and you know uh, i'm a very raw person so i'm sorry if this is a little hard to hear but you know it's uh people are going through the same stuff you know it's You know, kind of having that experience with a parent is very life altering. It really puts a lot of things into perspective. And, you know, the next morning um, on my way to Vegas, actually from Phoenix, Arizona, I flew into Phoenix to visit my mentors and we drove to Vegas from there. Um, I got the phone call that my mom was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and um, my heart stopped. My heart stopped. Um, Breath was short. Body was shaking, time was dead still. Um, because I realized that my best friend was um on a on a shot clock now. You know, I know I know we all have shot clocks, you know, we all have this mystery box that God has given us. And there's only X amount of time. There's only X amount of time in that in that box. And um but sometimes that box isn't brought to our attention until we get phone calls like that. So, you know, on my way to uh, Vegas, um, unfortunately, naturally, the news kind of ruined my weekend. Um, I was able to still lock in and learn and, you know, get what I needed to do to, you know, elevate my career, and my business to the next level. Um, but when I got back to Chicago, um, I looked at life through a different lens. You know, I, I knew I was about to embark on a journey that was going to be filled with a bunch of questions, um, a bunch of frustration, a bunch of anger, um, a bunch of you know unregulated emotions, and um you know, obviously, with that comes depression, it comes anxiety, it comes a lot of stress, it comes you know sleep apnea and um just everything, and um I was scared. I was scared shitless, I'm not going to lie, excuse my French, but I don't know how else to say it, you know, I my mom was on a path where there was no turning back, there was no um, cure for stage 4 cancer, there still isn't, um, so um, I had to accept it, I was like, hey, you know what, my mom always taught me, closed mouth, open heart, and um, having an open heart is sometimes really hard to do because um, that means you have to accept and digest what's happening. And this was something I didn't want to accept. I struggled with it. Um, but I am proud of myself. I didn't, I didn't deal with it with drugs or alcohol. I'm very blessed to have had my, met my mentors about five years before this experience happened. Um, you know, they got me back in tune with my faith. They got me in aligned. And You know, don't don't get me wrong. You know, I still have like the occasional beer and Um, you know, like a glass of wine and haven't smoked weed and God only knows how long. And, um, but I wasn't going to turn myself into a downward spiral because I didn't want that. I knew my mom wouldn't want that. She wouldn't want me to turn into an alcoholic or a drug addict or a pothead. Um, she wanted me, I knew she would want me to really enjoy it, you know, as messed up as that sounds, but really take on this journey with her um by her side, support her, learn from it and use it to impact the greater good. You know, it's I think every life lesson you either take it in a positive way and you extract feelings from it, you extract perspectives from it or you could take it negatively and you allow it to extract everything from you. And, you know, kind of going forward, um I'm not gonna say that I'm doing okay today, but I am doing a lot better. Um, I think through this journey, I've learned so much. And I think some of those values, I'd like to, you know, really sit down and write out and really expand on them. You know, I've learned a lot of principles. Um, I've gotten a lot of value out of this journey. I've discovered a lot about myself. My goodness. Um, And I think these are the types of experiences that really separate success from non-success and what I mean by that is unfortunately people are struggling every day they're struggling with hardships whether it's financial or health or family and they don't have somebody they don't have a network to access and it hurts because this is the type of stuff we want to talk about people that go through this they understand they just want to get off their chest and People don't want to listen. You know, people are too impatient nowadays. Everybody's got the microwave mentality. They want it now and they don't want to wait. And that even comes with listening. And I think a lot of people struggle with the bottle and drugs and, you know, uh, depression and anxiety because they don't have a healthy outlet because they weren't taught that. And if it wasn't for my mentors and my wife, you know, I, I would have been part of that statistic. And I'm not saying that would have been a bad thing. But I wanted to be the opposite statistic. I wanted to be the 5% and increase that number. I don't think the 5% deserves to stay the 5%. It's got to go to 6%, 7%, 10, 20, 30. What the hell? Why does success have to be such to a limited amount of people? That doesn't make sense to me. So I was like, I'm going to... Take this experience for however long it is, whether it's six months, 12 months, two years, five years, and I'm going to learn as much as I can, and I'm going to document everything so that when I get to a point where I'm talking to 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 people, I can share how I overcame it in hopes that I'm touching the hearts of other people that are also going through it. Because had it not been for the people that I'm currently connected with, God only knows where I'd be right now, the type of mental state, my emotional state, my financial state, and, you know, this type of stuff affects all of those things, all of those things, and I'm just extremely blessed, um, you know, for the people in my life, and um, I'm blessed that, you know, my mom is, she's doing good, um, she is at the last leg of her race, Um but you know we just give all the glory to god and um you know we just choose to walk in faith and you know god's plan is the best plan i think once you accept that and whether you're religious or not i mean not having a faith is having a faith you just choose not to have faith in anything um and if you're if you've got stronger faith than me you know i'm i'm not the political person Whoever you are you are and I love that I love I love you I love you for who you are what you're about what you stand for because I think it takes guts to stand for what you believe in and um you know through this journey I've been able to stand up for what I believe in and live a life according to my values and um, I'm just excited to keep sharing more with you guys so you know my mom always said hang tough be kind stay strong and kick ass man we'll talk to you guys soon much love